Last week, Saturday, Birding Big Day 2022 saw birders from all over South Africa trying to see as many bird species as possible in 24 hours. The team that recorded the most species in the 50-kilometer radius challenge was eBirders, who saw an impressive 336 species. In the 6-kilometer challenge, Mad Maritaba Makoas recorded an insane 172 species. In this episode, I'll be chatting to Emma Skonkin, who was part of the green-backed camera operators team who took part in the 6-kilometer challenge. Emma is a newer birder, so it's great to hear her perspective on the day. Bring new life to your garden this summer with Westerman's Wild Bird Seed, a delicious seed mix attracting a variety of wild birds to your garden. Now available in a 10kg bag, plus 1kg free. Find it at various pet and lifestyle retailers across South Africa, online and in-store. Westermans for the love of birds. My name is Adam, and this proudly South African podcast is your weekly source of news about birds, birders, destinations, conservation, gear, books, and well, anything that we think birders will want to hear about. So, welcome to the show. There are two easy ways to support us that will cost you nothing to do. The first way is by telling someone else about the podcast. So if you enjoy the content of the show, please share it with someone else. The second way is by following this podcast on whatever platform you are listening to it on and take some time to rate and comment on it. These two steps help us to grow the podcast and to reach new listeners. Please drop us a direct message on any of our social media platforms or send us an email on info at and tell us where you listen to the show from. We would love to get to know you better. So let's get into this week's episode of the Birding Life podcast. So this week's episode is a Birding Big Day episode. This last Saturday was Birding Big Day in South Africa. Lots and lots of teams were taking part from all over the country. There was a 50-kilometer category, and there was also a 6-kilometer category. So um, we took part in the 6-kilometer, and I'm chatting to someone else who also took part with her team in the 6-kilometer category. So I want to welcome Emma Skonkin to the show. Welcome to the Birding Life podcast, Emma. Thanks, Adam. It's really cool to be on here. So anyone who's in South Africa probably knows what we had to put up with to get this podcast. Electricity challenges. Last night, you had load shedding at your house. <laughs> Today, the power's gone off of my house, and it's been fun and games, but it's good to be able to chat. Yeah, finally. <laughs> so Emma, what was quite interesting, when I had a chat about, was chatting about getting you on the show, the thing that was quite interesting was that you've only been birding for about two years, and it was quite interesting. So Let's just start. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into birding. Okay, well, I'd say properly only started birding since April this year. I sort of, I started in Kruger, those um, map books you get, and then at the back they've got little tick lists of um, all the common birds you see in Kruger, and that's sort of where the trying to ID birds started. And then um, I'm actually... I finished studying veterinary last year, so I'm doing my community service year. And being at vet school, there were plenty of birders, so that that was always a help. And I sort of linked up with a few of them, and they got me going and sort of teaching me. And we ended up going after we finished studying. We all went on holiday together, and they all took a walk through the forest and were birding. And I went with, and we saw an emerald cuckoo. And Yeah, that for me was probably, I was like, what? This is an incredible bird. And I think, so that was my first bird I ticked off on Lassa. And yeah, it pretty much haven't stopped birding since. 
You know, I've seen I've shown people pictures of African emerald cuckoos, and it's almost like one of those birds. It's almost mystical. You look at the photo, yeah. and it's like there's no way a bird actually looks that beautiful. But the reality is, it's probably one of the most beautiful birds you can you can ever see. Yeah, it, it it's absolutely stunning, and its call is so cute. And I love that you could like attribute a, a Hello Georgie to it to like remember. It. Yeah, so that's definitely what sparked my interest. And then my fifth bird on Lassa was the blue swallow on the same trip. Um, so I was, I was just so excited about the conservation side of these of these birds. And yeah, that's where I ended up. I'm sure after this episode, you have a lot of people wanting to unfriend you on Facebook after they hear the birds that you got to see in your first five. I mean, those are <laughs> epic birds. I was very lucky. I was with some very good birders and I was very lucky. I mean, I'm only on 277 birds, but... I've got the blue swallow and a white wagtail on there. <laughs> so we're going to be we're going to be doing a little bit different today. Normally it's like an interview format. Today it's going to be a chat. We're going to share on our two teams and how we did and how the day went throughout the day. Um, so firstly, Emma, you know, uh, for for myself, I normally participate in the fifty kilometer fifty kilometer category. And this year, uh, my friend Tyron Dole got a hold of me, and probably because of finances and a whole lot of other reasons, I ended up participating in the six-kilometer category, which I was, I'll chat about that as I go through it. I was probably a little bit not as excited about the six-kilometer initially, but I, I see the value of it as I went through the day. So firstly, as a newer birder, how, what made you decide to do Birding Big Day firstly? And secondly, how did you find your first Birding Big Day? Um, so I'd had some friends do it last year and they were posting on social media and I really just enjoyed following them. And this year I was like, no, I've got to, I've got to make a team and I've got to round up some birders that can help me and we've got to do this. And that's, so I've met, I don't live in Port Edward. I'm just doing my comm serve here for the year. And I've been fortunate to befriend, um, her name's Yvette and she's the district ecologist for Ism Velo. Um, for the Uga and Etiquini districts and her husband Dave who's an ornithologist and they're just both incredible birders and yeah we I sent them a message and I was like so birding big day can I join you guys <laughs> and they were luckily they were happy to have me because I think I don't think I contribute an awful lot at this point <laughs> and yeah off we went and we decided we first wanted to do Makuzi but then we realized it's just not going to work logistically. So we thought we'll do our local pentad and we entered the six kilometer challenge. Well, I think that's quite cool for your first birding big day. You actually got to do it with an ornithologist. How cool is that? No, it was spectacular. I mean, their knowledge, yeah, Dave is just IDing sounds like just off the bat like this. And it was spectacular, yeah. So I know one of the challenges we had, and this was a bit funny later on, so one of the funny stories from the day was we were driving through like the the sand forest and on the on the right-hand side of my side of the window, there was, I saw through the branches, there were two pale flycatchers. And the birding big day rules, you have to, three out of the four people have to yes. see it if you've got a four-person team. And I saw this um, these two pale flycatchers, they were kind of moving in the branches like, you know, a couple of meters back. And no matter what I did, I couldn't, the other team could not, could, no one else in the team could see where these birds were. I was like trying to point out, saying like between these two branches <laughs> and nobody saw the bird. So in other oh, words, no. we ended up not having a pale flycatcher on our list, not because I didn't see it or because I we it wasn't around, but because only one person in the team saw it. So you spoke about this idea of how you were with these experienced birders and you were this, 
less experience, but how did you get that right? How did you get it right in terms of making sure that you know enough people in the team saw the birds that you saw so you could log them in? Dave is really patient with me <laughs> and he always made sure like he would show me and explain and I'd, I saw most of the birds. I didn't tick off a lot of the calls on my own personal lesson just because I want to make sure I've seen a bird before I tick it off the first time. Um, but everything else, Dave was very patient. He made sure I saw it and we, we never really split up like split up more than a few meters at all. So I was always right there and at one point we were after these lemon doves in the forest and I've never seen one. So Dave like put his birding big day aside, basically his, his score and let me walk in front. And we, he was quite patient and we, we waited and I crawled into some forest bits to try and find this lemon dove. So I, I do think that birding was still the mainstay and the competition came second. And I think it's one of the things that makes birding big day really cool compared to other, other, other birding is that it's really this team sport and you have to, the team dynamic is so important. It's great that you had these birders that were super experienced, but probably even more importantly, you had two birders that, or birders that were not just experienced, but were willing to actually, you know, accommodate you. And I think that's really, that's fantastic. No, they're they're very patient. And I mean, I got 16 laughers on the day, so I was ecstatic. So let me tell you my my confession. This is quite weird. So I'll ask you, well, what, what, firstly, what was the name of your team? Um, so we were the green-backed camera operators. <laughs> and when I first started birding with Dave, probably about three or so months ago, um, we would hear them. I'd seen them before I met Dave, but to remember them, I always called them the green-backed camera operators because obviously camera is a new word for me. And yeah, so he just thought that was funny and he decided that would, is what the name should be. <laughs> uh, so cool, those, those names. So our team was called Golden, Golden Tails. We, in our team, we had um, Tyron Dahl, EJ Bartlett, and Chris Flannery. And here's, here's, here's the crazy part. So I did the six-kilometer challenge this year. We did it in Makuzi Game Reserve where you were planning to do it. So if you did it there, we would have kind of been competing against, each other, competing against each other a lot more. But what was really cool is I was just checking you guys, the green-backed camera op- operators uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mouthful it is you guys got a, you guys got 150 species so you guys came seventh in south africa for the six kilometer challenge We're totally unexpected <laughs> second in kzn Nohal, that's pretty cool um our team we were we got 150 sports 154 species just ahead of you and we came fifth in south africa and we were really blown away it's quite interesting because we really took the day at a lot easier pace. When I've always done the 50 kilometer, we start like sparrow, like before the sparrows even awake, and we're up, out birding. And by one o'clock, you're drinking <laughs> gallons of Red Bull to try to stay awake. <laughs> but this one was quite funny because, you know, just a little bit of a, uh, you know, early in the morning at about three o'clock in the morning, we woke up and there was this crazy storm. I mean, it was like storms like you don't get in Durban. So, this is my this is my confession story. So at three o'clock in the morning, this is before bird, birding big day. Uh, I just I, I needed to go to the toilet, so I like okay, I'm going to go to the toilet. There's thunder and lightning, like like Queen said, very very frightening kind of thing. <laughs> and I go to the toilet, and you know, go there, and I come, and then halfway and half halfway coming out, I'm like, oh my word, this place is load shedding right now. This place is pitch black. 
there could be flipping leopards coming out to me. And I'm like, and then, and then, and then the lightning is like, like right there. I mean, it's a storm like a, a, a Zululand storm. And I literally ran back to my room. It was quite like, quite funny. Like there's the tough man in me. <laughs> I ran back to my room. But what was quite cool is we actually ended up starting, we, we, we only started at quarter past four, which is quite late compared to last year. And the funny thing is this, and this is what I, quite, I thought was quite funny. We really took the day at such an easy pace that, and, and for all the guys who are crazy about Birding Big Day, you're going to probably think I'm crazy now, but we actually had an hour-long sleep at lunchtime. We went back to the room and we chilled, sat under the fan, had a break, and I think only at about four o'clock, we looked at the you know the leaderboard and we were like, oh my word, we're right near the top. Maybe we should start pushing a little bit. <laughs> but it was quite funny the way we approached it because I think with the 50 kilometer, and you obviously haven't done the 50 kilometer, but the 50 kilometer is really intense. The six kilometer does allow you to take it at a little bit of an easier pace, which is maybe for a lot of people, it's, it's probably a lot more accessible. Yeah, and uh, yeah, much easier to to execute and plan. So you mentioned planning there. So what sort of planning did you put in? Did your team put in beforehand? Because obviously there must be some sort of planning. What sort of planning went into building Big Day? I'll be honest, most of that was left up to Dave because I didn't realize we needed to plan as much as we did. So from my side, I was definitely poorly prepared. <laughs> um, I sort of tried to read up on which birds we can expect to see, and I've been birding around here. So from that front, I felt okay. But we had a little strategy meeting the weekend before. We were planning to do it on the Sunday. But then Declan posted that he had seen a white wagtail at Tappy Stanger. So instead of planning for birding big day, we all hopped in the car and drove there. And I did my first tw twitch. Um, so, yeah, that we, we didn't plan a hell of a lot. We sort of had a route marked out. And Dave had some ideas of, okay, we should be at about 70 or so birds by this after these habitats and then we could go on and on and on but I sort of just yeah went with the flow largely and enjoyed the day but I think we should be better prepared next time <laughs> yeah I think one of my one of my favorite favorite parts of birding better is the preparation side of things I love like sitting down sitting with a map book and planning where you're going to stop how long you're going to stop there how many species you need to see by this time I had no idea that was part of it and Dave lucky Dave had it covered <laughs> but going into this year I did absolutely we we did like virtually no preparation we just went and you were going to Makuzi I remember on the way we were talking about it and saying, how many species do we expect to see? And I said, ah, oh, we'll probably get about 140. And I remember Tyron, you know, the real optimist in our team, <laughs> said, there's no way we're going to get 140. And yeah, we hadn't really didn't have any prep. The, the preparation we already did, you know, they speak about doing reconnaissance uh, recce missions, going up beforehand and, and, and scouting the place out. We went the day before to Makusi. We went, we took the day off on Friday and we traveled up early and we birded all the way in. But the interesting thing was so many of the birds that we saw on the Friday that we thought these are going to be easy birds to see, stuff like um, red-billed um, firefinches and um, even yellow-billed kites. You know, these were birds we thought were going to be easy. And those specifically those two species, which were in abundance the day before, on the reconnaissance and the recce mission, we saw absolutely none of them on the day. And it was crazy. So the preparation of the day before was good. But it wasn't as helpful as I thought it'd be. So there was very little preparation going in. And I think we, co we probably could have done a couple of things differently. But I think that the, the one challenge with your six-kilometer challenges is that 
your habitat is a little bit more a little bit more limited. You know, when you do the fifty kilometers, you can kind of go wetland and forest and grassland and beach. But when you do the six kilometer, obviously uh, the amount of habitat that you can cover is a lot more limited. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely we're quite lucky in the sense that we we had beach, forest, grassland and some some dams for some some water birds. So we were quite lucky that that fell in our radius. Otherwise, I think we would have had a lot less species. As always, the birding life is proud to be associated with Sarofsky Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes, as well as the Bird Lasser bird logging app. Spot, plot, play a part. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. One of the ways that you can help us to keep putting out the content that we are releasing is by supporting our online shop. We sell optics, books, Westerman's products, and a whole lot more. Check out the shop on our website, www.thebirdinglife.com. If you need any help with any of the products, please don't hesitate to email us on info at thebirdinglife.com. Let's chat through the day a little bit. So I'll start from our side. We Obviously, I said we started about quarter past four in the morning. Um, the light was up already. Had some coffee because coffee is really important on burning big day. You can't have enough coffee. Coffee and snacks. I mean, you have to have lots and lots of snacks throughout the day. So we had coffee, snacks were packed. And we headed out. The, we went to the, the swimming pool area at um, at Macuzzi. And we expected to actually hopefully get um, pink throat twin spot and that type of thing, but the, it was quite quiet. We just got the terrestrial brown bulls and the yellow belly green bulls, those kinds of things there. But you know, we started heading out and just started logging birds. It was a bit overcast and the weather wasn't great. But the one of the first probably significant birds we saw, which was quite early on, which was a huge, huge like uh, we were very excited, was actually a lizard buzzard. And just on the left of the car, there's a lizard buzzard sitting in the tree. And that was like really, really cool, you know, to see a bird like that and to, um, you know, to have that as one of your probably, I think it was probably in the top 50 birds you saw in the day. And I mean, to see something like that on Birding Big Day is really insane. And that was probably early on was probably one of the highlights, you know, of to actually get a, a lizard buzzard nice and early. And I think we weren't even, I don't think we were the first team to record it funny enough. I mean, that's how crazy it was. We weren't even the first team to record lizard buzzard. So... Yeah, our early part of the morning was absolutely fantastic. It was just great to, you know, see such a special bird so early in the morning. Yeah, that's definitely a good start. <laughs> we had we started at three a.m. We were out in the grassland from about quarter past three, and our first bird of the day actually ended up flying into Dave. It was a fiery necked nightjar, so that was that was quite entertaining. And then the second bird was a freckled, I mean, yeah, freckled nightjar. And for me, that was so cool. It was a laugher and it was making this cute little bow wow noise. And it was a province bird for Dave. So, I mean, we were both really excited on the list front. And then we, we were sat on the edge of the Umtavuna Valley overlooking the forest. I mean, if anyone's been there, the views are spectacular. And we waited for the dawn chorus. And I think that was definitely my biggest highlight was standing next to Evie and Dave, these birders with this wealth of knowledge and they just started rattling off the IDs as the birds woke up and started calling to the point where the chorister robin was mimicking other birds and they could even differentiate that I mean that was spectacular so I think we went from about three to 33 birds in the space of 10-15 minutes and just standing on the edge there and 
yeah, that's something I don't think I will ever forget. So you've been birding for two years at, from April, taking it seriously. You know, going out and birding big day, and it's obviously very intense. You're pushing the whole day. You know, what were some things, you know, birding with two experienced birders, what were some lessons that you learned from them on the day that you could actually probably take forward into your birding? I think I tend to get bird overload and I sort of all just becomes a mush in my brain and it's all these names and sounds and IDs and things. And changing habitats really kept like the interest going and kept my brain engaged, which helped. And definitely brushing up on my bird sounds. So I know at least the Roberts app does have that learn sound function. So I'll probably be listening to that on the way to work every now and then, just brushing up. And also, I don't know if ethical birding is the right way to put it, but just not ticking off things unless you are absolutely certain, which is, I've always tried to do that. But yeah, knowing why you ID it that way and they, Dave always took the time to explain everything and yeah, just making sure you can ID that bird again. And then obviously one of the, the challenges always is, a, is that kind of midday period. Um, for us, like I said, we, we were quite lucky because it probably was the same for you guys, but it wasn't that hot. Um, we didn't have any rain luckily at lunchtime, but it was a bit cooler, it was overcast. So we, we, we headed down to the pans because we thought the pans would be a really good place to you know head down to, which is those pans at um, Mukuzi are always fantastic. Got the woodland kingfisher as we were driving down, calling, you know, calling along there. And yeah, we just kind of sat on the three different hides and you know, they weren't weren't as productive as we thought they would be, but they were really, really good. Um it was really great just walking along there. Yeah, one of the one of the cool birds we got here, uh, you know, we basically were at the at the little the picnic site, and one of the birds we got there was white throated robin chat, which is a really cool bird. We heard this bird calling in the, un, in the un, under the the shrubs there, and that was such a cool bird to get early in the day. I was quite excited about that. You know, it was quite funny because you know you speak about calls, and we heard this bird calling, and I was like, none of us knew what it was, and all I had was like, I thought, okay, cool, this sounds like a robin. And I went through the Makuzi list and I said, okay, cool, what birds are, what, what robins are at Makuzi? I kind of played a played callback, not to call the bird up, but just to hear the different calls. And straight away, you know, we were able to, you know, through the calls there, you know, hear that there's a white-throated robin chat. So that was quite cool. It's quite cool to actually, you know, identify it firstly on call, to learn the call, and then to see this bird. Uh, it was really fantastic. And then obviously like lunchtime. Like I said, we went and had a really cool uh, had a sleep. So, yo, how was that midday period for you guys? Um, so we went from the grassland to the into the actual forest of the Umtavuna, which we walked quite quite a long way in the forest, and um, that's actually where we had our biggest dips of the day. I mean, we spent about three four hours in a forest habitat, a forest reserve. And we didn't get a single crown hornbill or a golden-tailed woodpecker or a cardinal woodpecker, which, I mean, I've birded there a lot, and I like see those every time a coconut sort of thing. Um, yeah, the midday, we we did we saw our numbers were dropping and we were getting lower and lower on the list on the leaderboard, so we thought we would take our dogs for a walk and um, take them onto the beach where we sort of we walk there often and we thought we were convinced we would see see our regulars, but we actually didn't. We ended up only seeing a, a pied wagtail compared to 
like the ruddy turnstones and the Eurasian wimbles we were expecting. So we went from there to another beach and luckily we did end up seeing them. But I think that's the hardest I've ever searched for an oyster catcher because that's essentially like a garden bird down here in Port Edward. I mean, it's right here. It's always on the beach. And yeah, we didn't see anything. So I think that walking our dogs and eventually seeing the oyster catcher fly and just as we're about to leave really kept our morale going after working so hard for it. But yeah, we, we didn't take a nap, which I think I could have done with a nap on the day. <laughs> yeah, you you know, you, you speak about that, that African oyster catch. You know, what was quite funny for myself and actually in, what's this, 2022, 2020, in 2020, we did Birding Big Day. And the bird that we, dip, we, we dipped on was a southern black flycatcher, which is a bird in Durban. It's such an easy bird to get. This time, funny enough. The birds that we dipped on, firstly, yellow bull kites were flying in abundance the day before on Birding Big Day. And for anyone in KZN knows, a yellow bull kite is one of the easiest birds in the world to see. Not one yellow bull kite was flying. Funny story. Next morning, we go back to the hide, look up, look across. Lo and behold, one of the first birds we see, yellow bull kite sitting on top of the tree. But we know yellow bull kites. The one which, we again, we struggle to find was a southern black flycatcher, and we managed to get it eventually. But it's interesting that that bird has become almost my birding big day nemesis bird. Every day I go <laughs> birding, easy bird to get. Birding big day, it's like it's like there's a telegram that goes out and says, guys, we're going to make, we're going to be scarce today in certain ways. It's crazy how birds that you get so easily, as soon as you have a day like this where you're searching, it's like they disappear. Yeah, they they definitely got some memo and they went somewhere else for the day because it was yeah <laughs> it was hilarious. So we finished off our afternoon nap and we headed out to I think we headed down to Kwamasinga Hard and we did went down to the um just went through all the hides and that we were going to do a night drive that night which I'll chat about in a moment. But I think what was so cool about you know we went down to the you know for me the pans are always one of my favorite favorite places and. You know, we went to the pans in the morning. We decided to go back to the pans in the afternoon because we, we knew there would be, you know, there would be really cool birds. And one of the birds that we, we got in the afternoon, which is a bird that for Makuzi people is quite not, not that wild, but we got the open bull stalks flying. And that was really cool, you know, sitting in the afternoon, these open bull stalks flying and, you know, they, they roost in those trees. There. So that was quite cool. And then, yeah, another thing which was quite interesting was, and this was probably a little bit of a, a slower moment, but we in Kwamasinga Hard. We saw them the day before, but there were three banded plovers there. But what was quite cool was the they were on the, there was a nest there right right near the water. But what I found was quite cool was the one of them was sitting on the nest and the other one was by the water side drinking water and that and feeding and that. And the one on the nest after a while stood up and it, it walked down to the water. But what I found so interesting was as soon as that one came down to the water, the other one straight away saw that the other one was off the nest, kind of looked around and started walking back and, and took over the nest duty. And I know it sounds like a small little stupid story, but I thought it was so cool just to get that moment to see how, how nature interacts and just to see like a moment like that. I thought it was, was really cool. Yeah, how they function on a day-to-day. This <laughs> is very cool. So, yeah, so how was that afternoon time for you guys? Um, so we went to Stans Dam, which uh, is my first time going there, and it was really amazing. It's a, it used to be a banana farm, if I'm not mistaken, and Stan has rehabbed it into this amazing dam that just attracts the most incredible birds. And there we got quite a few unexpecteds. We got a red-backed shrike, which Stan hasn't seen there for four years, and a rufous wings cisticular and white-backed duck. And 
that those were all lifers for me and new for the pen, new in the pentad for Dave. So he was that definitely kept us going. And then it was a strange thing because we obviously walk our dogs around town and we always around town um, in Port Edward. And we thought, okay, we've got some birds we know that hang out sort of like at, at Victoria's house, there's always a common starling. Let's go and tick that off kind of thing. And yeah, the village of Port Edward really delivered. We ended up seeing a Namaqua dove. And I mean, Dave was ecstatic. He said he hadn't, he's lived here for nine years and has never seen it. And when Evie spotted it, we were yeah very chuffed. It's a bird I've really wanted to see. I really think those Namaqua doves are really pretty. So yeah, the village of Port Edward really delivered on the day, at least, <laughs> unlike the forest. <laughs> That's quite funny because that was another one you reminded me of. Another one that we also dipped on on Birding Big Day was an Amaqua dove because, again, the day before, easy to see. We saw them all over. Birding Big Day, we didn't see a single <laughs> one. We, we went to all the spots. We thought, this is where they'll be. And we didn't get a single Amaqua dove, which was really, really frustrating. They obviously came to Port Edward for Birding Big Day. <laughs> Completely out of range. <laughs> Another thing that was quite cool was we were walking out of Kwame Singer Hard on the, in the afternoon. And as we were walking out, we heard the sunbirds like really like going crazy, like right next to the, you know, where the path is. And uh, EJ said there must be something there. He kind of started looking. And there was a worm slung moving through the trees. Oof. And that was, but that was cool. It was so like this. It's so exciting, you know, yes. Yeah, it was exciting to actually have this moment, not just with the birds, but, and to see the interaction between the worm slung and the birds. And this worm slung, you know, these little birds, you know, the snake just nips them and they can't. But these, these, these little, these little, um, Sunbirds were going at this thing, and this and the and and and, and the the boom sun just sat still, 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 and it like didn't move. But it was like this moment that was so exciting. You know, that's also I think what makes birding big day exciting. Although you're rushing around, you you, you don't you don't know what you're going to experience, and I think that makes it so 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 exciting. Yeah. Well, if Dave was on your team, he would have said NFF, which means stands for No Effing Feathers. Stop looking at it, <laughs> because we to keep Evie and I focused because I ended up taking loads of photos of insects and we saw really cute little tree frogs and then Dave had to just keep us on track a little bit. <laughs> but it, you just experienced the whole thing, like the whole integrated system, which I enjoy. And then did you guys do any nighttime birding after, or at the end of the day? Um, we did. We planned to go back to a habitat where it's like grassland meets forest where we hadn't been at all during the day. And yeah, as we started driving there, it just started pouring with rain. But we went nonetheless, hoping to hear some some owls or things. And um, it was quite funny because we were standing there in the rain and shining a torch at the tree line. And Dave sort of looked at Evie and I and was like, so if someone asks, what did we do on our Saturday night? No, we we stood looking, at, wondering if flying mammals were birds and shining a torch at the tree line in the rain. <laughs> And we thought that we're definitely not normal people, birders. <laughs> yeah, so we did a night drive. We booked the night drive and it was quite we, – we, we tried it. We were hoping that it was only going to be us on the vehicle. And then we heard there were going to be four other people in the vehicle. So we were a little bit irritated. We were trying to work out how to get rid of these people and to try and <laughs> – and, and we were like – and then we ended up – it was actually another birding big day team was booked to the night drive. And they were doing the 50-kilometer challenge. So we – we kind of were able to work together because we weren't competing. We didn't have to try and sabotage their plans or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so we went along and we saw no owls, but we saw plenty of night owls. And it was quite cool because 
Night jars aren't easy to identify, but what was so cool, I had binoculars in one hand, and then in, you know, Fancy Peacock, we were using this app, and, you know, I've never been good at night jar identification, but what was really cool was, as we were seeing the same night jars again and again, we were able to see the, the identification feature, so... We saw European nightjar, which we actually happened to see during the day, sitting on a tree. We stopped to look for at some five finches, and there was a nightjar sitting on the tree. It was quite cool. But at night, we saw um, European nightjar, fiery neck nightjar, and the most common one by far was the square-tailed nightjar. And it was quite nice to, you know, it was you know, by the end of the night drive, we weren't just saying this is a square tail because of the what's on the, the little bar on the wing and the the edge of the the edge of the the tail that we went but we we're actually able to sex them which was really cool that so, is very cool you know going out and just, you know there was one thing which was really cool seeing the same bird again and again and again actually allowed us to almost improve our identification but on the way back we saw the sighting of the day which wasn't even a bird um now if you know if you know anything about me um i've been to kruger I've been to St. Lucia, I've been to Makuzi, I've been to Shislui, I've been everywhere that you can see a leopard, I've been. But all I've ever seen on two occasions at Kruger and at uh, Makuzi, on previous occasions, I've seen a leopard tail. And that's all I've ever seen, the little tip of a leopard tail. We're driving along on the way back to camp. All of a sudden, EJ screams out, leopard, leopard. We look on the right of the vehicle, there's a leopard like... 10 10 meters from the vehicle, a a small little female leopard. She's walking through. We were just able to to spend time with her. She walked onto the road in front of us, and we drove behind her for about 20 minutes, you know, just enjoying and just watching this leopard marking her territory on the road. And she came to the – as we were, you know, right at the end, she kind of stopped and she had looked at the looked at the the this uh, you know looked into the the bush on the side, and she just did this big pounce, obviously going after something. Yeah. But it was my first proper leopard sighting. It was probably like one of the best leopard sightings. You know, we were we were looking for owls, but when that leopard showed up, I think we forgot about everything else. And that for twenty minutes, it was all that we were worried about. No, well, that sounds like a spectacular sighting. Oh, it was really amazing. So. Um, just in terms of like to finish off, what was your favorite bird of that? What was like the sighting that just stood out for you from the whole day? Oddly enough, we didn't see the bird, but it's the first time that I've heard the Hello Georgie call since my first time ticking it off. And we were walking through the forest and it literally called like two or three times right above us. And we, I didn't end up seeing, seeing the bird, which would have been great. But yeah, that was a, a really excited one. And then obviously, the Namaqua dove, and the Euro golden oriole we also got, which was it was it was very exciting. Oh, some really cool birds there. So I think for me, my favorite sighting, and I asked you this, and I'm thinking, what was my favorite sighting besides the leopard, which was the sighting of the day? Yeah, it was quite it was quite difficult um, to pick it up. I think probably one of my favorite was probably the you know the, the the robin. I think that robin was very very special. I think it wasn't again not just because of you know actually the bird, but it's a beautiful bird, obviously. But being able to come from a place where I saw you know I was able to you know identified initially from call and kind of go down that navigation until I found it was able to identify it. I think that was probably the most exciting bird of the day. Lizard buzzard was obviously insane. I mean, lizard buzzard, I've uh, such a cool bird. But yeah, it was really, was was lots and lots of fun. There's also quite at Macuzzi, I know you're going there tomorrow, there's actually a, yeah. a Warburg's eagle nest at the moment, which is really, really cool to stop by. Oh, definitely going to add that to the list. But yeah, I'm very excited. We're going to Macuzzi for five days. And hopefully get some some quality birds. Yeah, just just the last thing. I think for me, um, 
if I'll be honest with you, like I said, when I first heard about doing the six kilometer challenge, I was kind of like, uh, it doesn't have this, didn't have the same appeal as the 50 kilometers challenge. And like I said, I enjoyed the planning part of it. I like, I like the thrill of what the 50 kilometer challenge offers. But as I got into the day, I really realized the value of the six kilometer challenge. You know, we were, there was a lot more challenge because there was less habitat to cover. So it was harder in a way to find birds. It was, it ter- tested your skills. But the thing which was so cool was, was at the end of the day, because we only did six kilometers, I was actually at the end of the weekend able to submit two full Atlas protocol cards, which for me was so cool. You know, whenever I've done birding big day, it's kind of like you have a whole lot of like adult cards, but to be able to do do the full protocol card of birding big day for me was a huge win. And I think if there's one reason I think the six kilometer challenge is worth doing, it's that reason. No, 100%. I mean, we'll definitely do the six kilometer challenge again. And then maybe in a couple of years, we'll team greenback cameropteras might do a 50. We'll see. <laughs> so just just the last thing, and I know you said you're only waiting for two years, but you guys might have chatted. What are some things that you think you can possibly look to improve on going into next year? I need better binos. <laughs> that, that's the first. And um, definitely I will help Dave or like be part of the planning process a bit more. And I think we need to be better prepared on the snacks front and the sleep the night before because shame there, their very cute little Jack Russell kept them up all night because he's scared of thunder and we had hectic storms the night before. So Evie was exhausted and I think just, just making sure we've got a good night's sleep and plenty snacks. I think that will go a long way because we did waste time refueling at petrol stations and things <laughs> yeah i think for us it's just going to be that probably a little bit more planning into the day but honestly we did better than we thought we'd do so i was very satisfied you know to finish in fifth place uh, around the country so we were we were pretty stoked so yeah but emma it's been so cool to chat to you um i know you were a bit nervous before because you said you were a new averter but you've rocked this you've done such a good job and it's been, you've been such a cool guest i'm looking forward to chatting to you again one day and just sharing how you've grown in your birding journey and it's been so cool to chat to you thank you for giving the time to be on the show yeah well thanks for contacting us and it's, it's really been a lot of fun and it's been fun to actually just chat to someone who cares because i don't think chatting to randoms about what you did on your Saturday doesn't go down well always. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's show. We really appreciate your support. If you have any comments or feedback on any of the episodes, feel free to drop us an email on info at theburninglife.com or send us a message on any of our social media platforms. We would love to get to know you better. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.